Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Monday. Happy Monday, August the 6th, 2018. 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily ho- daily dose of happy for the day and for the week. And uh, we're off to a good start, Tom, because we're awake. We're alive and we're awake. We woke up this morning. This is an improvement over being asleep and not being able to do anything, right? <laughs> well, I just barely woke up about five minutes ago. It's uh, it's 5 a.m. here and uh, well, it's 6 now. I usually get up at 5 and for the podcast, but boy, I forgot to set my alarm today. <laughs> yeah, you're, qu- you're quite the early riser for this thing, which we really appreciate, by the way. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's you, good. You, 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 you are a trooper. That's what the old fresh yeah. word is, right? You're a trooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> not a good, not a good des- designation for me because when I'm a trooper, I'm trying too hard. This is true. I'm probably yes. still doing that though, <laughs> but. That's true. Yes. So, we, so we need another word for that, don't we? We need something that that implies that we really appreciate the extra that you do to get up, but without making it too hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm an uh, I'm an allower. You're an allower. I, Is that what you are? I, oh, okay. I allow my life to just flow <laughs> with fun and ease, and 5 a.m. just becomes my new good time to get up. It's a funny yeah. thing because I've really noticed anyway. this a lot lately. Um, an hour or two before I normally get up, I'm I'm often waking up, and there's a part of me that says, "Oh God, I really want to go back to sleep." And there's another mm-hmm. part of me that's saying, "No, no, no, you're wide awake. Get up, go do something." And and usually yeah. the part that says, "Go back to sleep" wins. But but I keep yes. thinking about what uh, Abraham says. Virtually everybody agrees that Abraham is a non-physical being that doesn't really have a, a clear memory of what it's like to actually need sleep <laughs> <laughs> because Abraham uh, is the one that says, well, you only need to sleep an hour or two. That's all you should do the rest of the time. We think you're crazy to be sleeping eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you can say that all those ones who speak to us from the unseen realm are, are all forgetting what it's like to be here. <laughs> mm, yeah. So they, they tell us all this great stuff and they say, yeah, you come back here and try it again, dude. <laughs> it's it's harder than you think. To be I, I, I don't see you volunteering, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're just over there giving advice. Come on, come over here and try it in a body. And they're, and they're like oversleeping and missing the whole podcast. Well, yeah. I, I'm actually kind of serious about this because I've been thinking quite a bit about the fact that okay, the way Abraham teaches it, um, all non-physical beings always look at only our bright side. They only look at what's going well. They only look at what they, what's most lovable about us. They, their perspective is that everything is going great. And mm-hmm. their perspective is maintained with the full knowledge that we have entered the the, the contrast, as, as Abraham calls it. We, we are on that leading edge where all of the, the stuff goes on, and that stuff includes both positive and negative, stuff we like, stuff mm-hmm. we don't like. And our reactions play major roles in you know how all that stuff interacts. Well, okay. So now I'm trying to visualize being that non-physical being. The non-physical being is not actively participating in the leading edge of the contrast. They're like in the peanut gallery, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they say, though. But go ahead. But that's that's my way of saying what I'm perceiving here about. Sure. You know, how the how the picture is presented. So they're kind of in the peanut gallery. They're they're the ones giving out this this advice to us, which we asked for, by the way. It's not like we didn't ask for this. We we definitely asked for it. Um, but they do some from a perspective where everything is great, where everything is working out for the best, and they are not personally experiencing the trials and tribulations we go through when we're here in the physical. And when I add all that up, I say to myself, well, okay. Well, let's also add in something further. I mean, if if they themselves have been through a uh, physical lifetime, uh, perhaps even, quote, recently, unquote, um, they have accumulated a bunch of stuff that happened. But what we're told is when we pass on to the other side, we leave behind all the negative stuff. We keep only the positive stuff. Yeah. Which means there's an amnesia going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, exactly. So you see what I'm saying? You, you can kind of see where I'm leading up to. Here we have oh, the, okay. the, these uh, very positive amnesiacs who are trying to remember what it's like to be in the contrast without actually remembering it. All they can remember is the positive side of it. Well, <laughs> well, that negative side, the side that we don't like, plays a major role in the expansion of the universe. Yes. So, So here's the question. If you have these non-physical beings who are advising those of us who are physical, um, from a point of view of, of amnesia, 
isn't that leaving a piece of the puzzle out? Yes. <laughs> and and, and that's a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you look at every single question that's answered, say through Esther Hicks and as Abraham, every single question comes because of the contrast. That's true. Yeah. Now, so they must be aware that, uh, you know, that this is the problem that we face It's the human dilemma, quote unquote, is to be able to deal with the conflict and be able to then continually turn your boat downstream continually in the, in the midst of the current, instead of rowing it upstream that you turn it downstream and you let yourself go with the flow. And so it's kind of ironic though, but I think perhaps let's say that you had learned from the time you were really little by parents who understood to go with the flow and they, they by and large didn't get largely backed up in in traumatic ways by the contrast. Um, now, assuming such thing is possible, then you could imagine a person who learned from the time they were very little to more go with the flow. And they learn that to such a degree that their contrast thing is, you know, doesn't really come into their life in a way that is so traumatic, right? Okay. Sometimes I feel like the reason that we're so traumatic is because of our past ancestors who taught us and send it down our lineage every generation learned <laughs> you better be really, 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 really concerned about the contrast. <laughs> you can get really screwed over by it and therefore watch your back constantly. And it's up to you, you know, that you can't allow things. You've got to be in charge and you've got to be in control. So, you know, be a really good organizer, be a really good, you know, security person, have your, you know, <laughs> always be on the ready because something's going to screw you over. So, so you're know. saying these past viewpoints and past understandings and so forth also can get passed along spiritually. So basically we have a contest going on. <laughs> on the one yeah. hand, we got the positive thinkers. And on the other hand, we got the fearful thinkers. <laughs> well, I don't know how it gets passed along. You know, How can there be this stuff that's so strong in a particular family or a particular part of the world You know, that just – well, of course, if you look at what Abraham said, it's being re- – it's being recreated moment by moment by our thinking that it's real. You know, we think it into existence constantly so that we always believe that we've got a, a problem that's bigger than the solution or something. So we, uh, we've learned to just be incredibly vigilant and therefore that vibration is keeping us way too vigilant and we don't have as much fun and we deal with greater intense contrast because of, um, you know, that's what we saw modeled in our parents or our grandparents. And Well, a lot of it also has to do with perspective. And I say that thinking about a movie that I saw a piece of, the movie was not actually a very good movie. I can't even remember what the name of the movie was. That's how bad it was. But <laughs> it was something uh-huh. I, I saw on television. And the, uh-huh. uh, the, the movie had a scene where there was this couple in a car in France. I think they were actually near um, the Eiffel Tower. Uh-huh. But they were in a major traffic pattern, and they were trying. They were, they were on a, a, like a large traffic circle, and they yeah. they were trying to move their way over to the outside of the circle. And the <laughs> camera is probably about a thousand, two thousand feet away and up. So uh-huh. you, you're basically looking on top of all these vehicles that are moving along. And from that mm-hmm. perspective, everything's moving along in a nice, slow, graceful dance. And you see their car. You know which car is theirs. And you see them trying to move into the next lane. And, and it's very slowly moving into the lane. And as as that's happening, you hear their voices are saying, Oh, no, look out, look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're looking at it, it looks like there's nothing going on. <laughs> right, right. But change the perspective to inside the car where they're looking out the windshield. It's like, ah! <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it always cracks me up when I fly. You know, like I take an, uh, you know, even an hour flight or whatever, and you get up pretty high. And from that perspective, I always feel such a relief about what's going on down on the earth. It just doesn't seem that serious, right? Same, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then as the plane comes down and it gets lower and lower, sometimes something in me kind of gets this sinking feeling that, oh, I'm. <laughs> well, like you're actually on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, I am on the plane, yeah. but. 
anyway, yeah, that's kind of funny that I get a sinking feeling when I'm landing. But well, anyway, exactly. <laughs> but I but I literally do emotionally leave this place of detachment that I had when I was looking out the window. I always like being at the window because I start feeling like, oh, I've got to enter back into Lamelu again, back into the place where I don't have this perspective. All I see is what's in front of me. Mm, yeah. And mm. it looks pretty daunting sometimes. You know, you've got to drive from you know, Manhattan to uh, upstate New York. And, you know, I got to figure out my way out of Manhattan. Of course, now <laughs> with the days of, uh, of automatic uh, navigation, it's not so hard, but, but yeah, it's, um, I under, I agree with you there. There's this above perspective where you can kind of see where you're going and you can kind of see your way and everything makes sense. And then you're down in it and it's different. It feels very different. Yeah. Very so, different. so it makes me wonder just how, well, I wanted to say realistic, but that starts to get into what it is territory. It makes me real. It makes me wonder just how useful the non-physical perspective is, because all they see is this nice, gentle dance going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know this this uh, woman I'm dating now. She she says that it's um, a lot of things that are happening are like these initiation processes, you know, because she's coming from a background in Jungian psychology, and she doesn't see it as. Uh, light and and always going to work out she sees it as you know this is a challenging place to be in that you to go through an initiation where you're going from say one state of understanding life to a whole other way of understanding life says it's sometimes like a birth you know it's like you got to go through the birth canal and it's sometimes it's traumatic you know um i know that in indigenous cultures when the young people the young women the young men go through an initiation for example, in the Mayan culture, it takes a whole year. And they say those boys literally experience death. You know, they, they, they experience like this initiation process is no joke. You know, they, they take them down in places under the ground and they're, they're confronted with their, um, what's what it is, uh, you know, their, their actual sense of life and death. And they have to like be almost born again into adulthood. And when they finally reemerge, they're no longer this uh, crazy adolescent. They're this person who's ready to raise a family and uh, take on village life and be a responsible elder. And, you know, they're no longer a crazy, crazy teenager who's got their head screwed on just barely, you know. Well, we have the same thing here in, in the modern technological society as well. We just it's call called, it, we just call them horror movies and video games, but it's the same thing. <laughs> well, you hope, yeah. <laughs> but mean, then you see adults who who still seem uninitiated, and they're like running the country and different things like that. It's like, well, well, no, they're actually the biggest fans. <laughs> That's the, the biggest thing. What? They're the biggest fans. They're the ones who like that the most. They're the ones who are um, most into all the craziness that happened. You know, all uh, the, all the the monsters chewing their way out of your stomach or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they're still doing it, yeah. But I think I think it. a truly initiated person doesn't stay stuck in it. They they see the contrast for what it is, and then they they know how to choose wisely so that they don't produce chaos in the village. You know? Well, I, I didn't say that the modern technology method produced a better result than the Mayans produced. It oh, may actually produce a worse result. But, but it is a sense of initiation. It's the same thing in that yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah, well, you could say that about going in the military or going <laughs> anything else, really. Your, yeah, get your PhD or something. Yeah, <laughs> what a contrast. I love that. Going into the military or getting your PhD. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are people who are PhD candidates who would say, yeah, it's very much like going into boot camp. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I worked in the academic environment for about 30 years you in co colleges. And, uh, and, and I've heard so many stories about people trying to get their PhD who just, it kills them. You know, I mean, I met a lot of them. You know, they're just uh, a lot of professors who maybe only had their master's and now they've got to get the PhD if they want to keep their tenure, get tenure, or they right. want to keep their position or they want to get a better salary and, and watch, to watch them try to get their PhD while they're teaching of, you know, a full load of classes and forget about it. Or they've already got kids, you know, they're trying to raise their kids and they're just out of, out of school and now they're going to get their PhD. It's like, Oh man, some of them just give up after 10 years of trying. Well, plus, so I, hard. plus I have to say it, the, the whole PhD thing. Now I've never gone after a PhD. I never went after a master's, but I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've experienced enough of it vicariously, you know, people telling me stories of what they've gone through and so forth that uh -huh. I've come to the conclusion that 
pursuing a PhD is is really something that probably needs to be renamed. It needs to have a different designation to it because <laughs> what it actually is what what you're actually pursuing is arbitrary approval by somebody who already has a PhD. Yeah. Which is really, that, that's pretty messed up when you think about it. And I, I do mean arbitrary because there are no standards other than somebody who has a PhD gets to say yay or nay. That's mm -hmm. it. That's the standard. And, and that means it's inherently a subjective standard. And yet it's supposed to be, in many cases, science. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, hold on. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's really who you know and how chummy you are with them. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which kind of reinforces I, what positive psychology teaches us because they, they teach that the people who have the strongest, best social networks are the ones who win in life. Well, they're also probably mm -hmm. the ones who get the most PhDs. Yeah, or make the most money. In some cases, you could say that mm -hmm. if you don't believe totally the law of attraction. Um, and, but that is part the law of attraction and action in a way because really they're is. certainly yeah. creating a vibration that feels good and works out there. But I like the topic of today's podcast about how no matter what you have to begin with making peace with where you're at and who if you, you are. Want to be, and who, yeah. If you want to be successful or you want yeah. to have, if you want to enjoy your life, if you're fighting where you're at at any given moment, you're, you're going upstream, you know? So it's, uh, Making peace with where you're at. I, I like it, though, as an idea because it's so essential to my happiness in my life, especially lately, has just been to give up my angst about where I'm at in my life and just make peace with this is where I'm at. And from here, I'm going to go forward in the same kind of peace. You know, I don't have to come up with some giant project of how I'm going to change myself. All I've got to do is make peace with where I'm at and I will, the changes will naturally take place in my life. I will morph. I will, everything's constantly morphing anyway. And I'll just be more able to notice the good coming to me. If I just make peace with where I'm at and um, people get afraid they're going to get stuck. If they say, Oh, well, this is how fat I am. And that's the way it is. I'm this fat, you know, or that's where I'm at with getting my project together. I've been working on it for 12 weeks and it's, no further along than it was 12 weeks ago. And I'm just going to make peace with that. Well, there's an um, irony in there. The irony is that most people who get into the kind of state you're describing, and it, it can manifest, as you say, in a, in a number of different ways. But when they get into that state where, oh, well, it's just the way it is, those same people won't hesitate to work hard on whatever their job is. They won't hesitate to, you know, go out of their way in some sort of doing way. Where mm -hmm. they and me and others hesitate is in just getting ourselves into alignment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, right. now, figure that one out, right? Why is it that we're so good at just jumping in? I'm going to take some action. Boy, am I going to get to take some action. But the one action we won't take is to just feel better. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I think it's the fundamental thing that we don't really believe that life takes care of us. We I, don't I think you're right. That feeling, yeah. that feeling good is as important as striving really hard and trying really hard and, and, and coming up with a new initiative and a new thing to motivate ourselves that, that if we just understood that there's not so much on our shoulders as we think um, we're co-creators, but the thing we're co-creating with is God, you know, the thing <laughs> we're co-creating with is this thing that creates the universe. And maybe, maybe our ability to chill about that is key to our success like Abraham was saying, the reason we call it the art of allowing instead of deliberate creation, for a while they were talking a lot about deliberate creation, and then they realized that people are trying way too hard to be deliberate creators. They think they're supposed to you know, learn everything there is to know about the law of attraction and then apply it all and you know, have tons of affirmations and write every day in your appreciation journal and constantly be diligent, right? Be deliberate and diligent about your effort to create. And in reality, they're saying, no, this is really the art of allowing. And what you're allowing is you're allowing it to be done for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, oh, what, wait a minute. What do you mean? Done which, for which, me? which, which is not something we're used to, for sure. Because we, right. we, we, like you say, we are the doers. We are the ones who strive. And that striving 
involves, well, this, this is about me doing it. I'm going to do this. It's I'm yeah. going to be the person. I'm going to be the winner. I'm going to be the one who does all this stuff. I don't need any help. I'm going to do it myself. Right, right. If you don't take care of it, who do you think will? You know, that's that. That's I've heard that. I've heard that many times throughout my life. And I'm sure I heard it from teachers and parents, you know, or, or perhaps yeah. if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. Yeah. Well, there's that one. There's yep. a lot of them. You keep your nose to the grindstone. There's no mm -hmm. free lunch. You know, nothing happens by, by you laying on your bed and laying on the couch, you know, and, and it's true in a way, I mean, but, but if, of course it's true, but the th question is, how do you receive impulses from, a higher realm. How do you how do you get inspiration? In spirit, in spirit means spirit within you. You know mm -hmm. how do you how do you tune into the spirit within you? And the whole thing is, well, you make peace with the fact that this is not all on your dandruff covered shoulders. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you got to be very self conscious. I'm going to look in the mirror to see if there's dandruff on my shoulders. <laughs> I never even hear about dandruff anymore, but I don't watch TV anymore, so I, there could still be dandruff commercials. There might anything. be. I have no idea. There was a lot of them when I was a kid, though. Oh, God, like, yes. People had dandruff shampoo. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but I always remember that, I, I think it was my teacher from India that used to, he said, he says, yeah, you know, you're, you think it's all up to you and it's all on your dandruff covered shoulders because you'll, you're worrying so much about it that your hair is falling out. Oh, One friend of mine recently told me that whenever she gets really worried about stuff in her life, she starts to notice her hair falling out. You know, she starts to notice oh, it in the bathtub nice. and her sink and everything. And I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's weird how being too uptight just really messes up every aspect. I mean, don't they say that it's the biggest cause of dis disease in the human body is stress? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's certainly the the one cause that shows up in every doctor's diagnosis. Well, yeah, stress is stress is always a cause. You know, that, that's what they say, mm -hmm. right? No matter what the thing yeah. is, it, it, it could be dandruff, it could be cancer, it could be anywhere in between. Well, stress is always a cause. You know. <laughs> yeah, and if you believe in Abraham Hicks and a lot of other things that are now coming out, like Joe Dispenza's work and um, other sources are they're saying it's it's your mental emotional condition that's at the root of every disease that you have. You know, it's it's at the root of you being overweight. It's at the root of your sinus conditions. It's at the root of your cancer. It's at the root of your skin disease. You know, is the uh, some mental emotional pattern you're running on yourself a belief system that's at the bottom of it because it's a vibration. It's a vibratory thing that causes everything to exist the way it exists. And so, if we're not trusting that we're taken care of, if we're we think it's on our shoulders and we're trying too hard. That's probably the cause of most disease, you know, and thus stress. And oh, I believe right? it is. Yeah, I, I, I actually, <clears throat> I'm believing it more and more over time. And I yeah. have gotten to the point now where I suspect it is probably the dominant cause. In fact, mm -hmm. if you, if we were to find some way to eliminate that cause, I strongly suspect that the incident of disease across the board would plummet. Yes, right. And that's what you know, in a way our work is about in this law of attraction realm of, mm -hmm. you know, is, is to help people help ourselves and others understand that whole game that we play on ourselves of trying too hard and of stressing out. And therefore, you know, I mean, I'm actually bewildered by the fact that what I'm really about in my teaching and my coaching is simply teaching people to let the universe take care of them. Um, you know, that's more and more what it really is about my own life is that, I only have problems coming up in this day ahead of me to the degree that I make things too serious for myself and I try too hard and I don't understand how, well, I, I know I got to get some things done, but how do I do them from a place of joy and letting these impulses be received from the other unseen realm that are simply there to tell me how to make it easy on myself. They're mm. there to tell me how to have fun, how to feel inspired, how to feel good. Really? That's all that's going on is that it's just me trying too hard. And, <laughs> and I even I have to make peace with that, you know. Very true. I've got to make make peace with everything. <laughs> Making peace is it. I, I woke up this morning and, and I didn't quite wake up the way you did where you had three minutes to go before the podcast, but it was 
close. <laughs> and one of the things that I, I noticed is something that I notice very often when I wake up, which is I know I need to get myself into that better feeling place. And I recognized this morning I really wasn't in it, despite the fact that when you wake up, you're in your best spot. I really wasn't. And I was faced with that, that difficulty. We talked a moment ago about how we're all such doers. We'll, we'll just jump right in and start doing things. But the one thing we won't do is get ourselves into a better feeling place. Well, that's what yeah. I was feeling this morning. It's like, oh, geez, I really don't want to do this. It's like, oh, do, God, do I really have to get yourself into a better feeling place? Into the better feeling place. Even though uh -huh. I knew when I did, I would feel better. Now, figure that one out. Uh -huh. But nevertheless, that's where I was at. And, and finally, uh -huh. I just I decided to do a mirror exercise just to kind of break the ice, so to speak. And it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I was able to get myself feeling better just by looking in the mirror and saying, I love you and today's going to be great and jumping up and down and getting excited and just talking to myself and make myself feel better about myself. Uh -huh. It worked. It, it, it definitely works. And yet there's that other side, that side that says, oh, I don't really feel like doing it today. The, the, mm. the same person who's willing to just jump in and say, oh, yeah, I'll do that for you. Let me do that job. I can do that job. Sure. Let's go. But when it comes to working on ourselves, that's where we become reluctant. It's, it's a bizarre thing. I did notice something, though. I mean, you mentioned this is another thing that you mentioned earlier. You said nothing comes from nothing. That's one of the, the, the classic phrases, right? There was something about that in a movie that Louise and I saw this weekend. I don't know if you're aware of it. There's a, a new movie about Winnie the Pooh that came out called Christopher Robin. And yeah, I think I heard about it. Have you heard about that? Yeah. It, well, I just cute. heard that it It's cute. It's, it's very lighthearted. It, it, it's almost more for adults than it is for kids, but it's lighthearted. It's, it's very sweet, very, you know, very nice. Um, got a lot of pleasant LOA-type moments in it. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that becomes a pivotal point in the movie is Christopher Robin grows up and ends up managing a suitcase manufacturing company. And then in the course of, of being stressed out by his job because he has to cut costs and he's facing having to lay off people and so forth. He mm -hmm. ends up through a, a rather fortuitous, serendipitous series of LOA-like events. He ends up back in the 100-acre wood and finds all his friends again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings his friends back with him through a whole story that I won't get into for people who want to see the movie. But they, they, they go through this whole thing where they come back to where he works. And when they're at the place where he works... Um, his boss, who is the son of the owner of the company and a, basically a ne'er-do-well who, who doesn't hesitate to crack the whip but won't do anything himself, is somebody who uh, is the one who, who puts out the phrase, well, nothing comes from nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, and I won't give away the whole thing, but ultimately Christopher Robin comes up with a solution for the company. And his solution is something comes from nothing. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that, that's a really interesting concept. Because uh -huh. literally, if you think about it, if source energy has always existed, if we are all source energy, and if we hypothesize in some way that even though it's always existed, it came from something, what else could it have come from but nothing? Mm -hmm. It had to ultimately. come from nothing, ultimately. Yeah. So right. something yeah. does come from nothing, it turns out. <laughs> it turns out everything comes from nothing. <laughs> and, it's, it's, yeah, and everything comes from nothing, mm -hmm. that's right. And so it turns out that, and that becomes the basis for the solution of the movie. But... Uh, fascinating well because, that's that's a pretty deep message yeah yeah it's pretty good i'm, I'm not sure yeah. if all the kids in the audience picked up on it but that's all right they didn't have to well their soul picks up on their source self i mean if it really is true that this is all a big game you know and it's actually you know something that we're producing through thought then there's all bets are off as to what might actually be happening because if it's and then if it's orchestrated by the same force that moves the planets that that there must be some really powerful nothing that's that's spinning there <laughs> you mm -hmm. know so to speak i mean like when just when they break down the atom into the smallest particles that they possibly can in quantum physics we've said this many times on the podcast you know they find nothing they find nothing other than right. what they could maybe call a thought you know and and so it's like, well, so, so nothing comes from something in this case. <laughs> nothing comes from something. Yeah. Because from... we're, we're looking at something, we're zeroing in and there's nothing actually there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But there is something and that's this thing we call thought. Right. And then the question is, well, then is the whole universe just somehow being thought into existence? And therefore, what, what is thought? Thought mm. seems to have no, nothing other than a vibration associated with it. But where, of course, where did the vibration come from? But 
I don't, I'm not going to try to figure out where the universe came from right at this particular podcast. But. It's probably a good idea because that would take us an entire podcast. We still wouldn't. I don't answer. know. Maybe we already <laughs> haven't figured out. Maybe, oh, maybe it just we comes. <laughs> well, because, because there's no way to really put it into words, of course. That's the thing. Um, I was reading this one thing where Abraham was saying, you know, just, just, um, stop talking to yourself and just let, let these things come to you, you know, like, uh, you know, and that's, you know, just listen more and because it's, it's always being told to you where your life needs to go to unfold. And those are these things we call impulses, mm. which we talked about in our last, uh, last podcast, you know, what, what is an impulse and how do you receive impulses? And, you know, but the impulses, theoretically what we're saying in this podcasts are coming from source and source is this thing that exists outside of time and space it is a infinite you know being and it's your it's this thing that we call have called god whatever that is you know that has no beginning and no end it's eternal and it's it's giving us impulses to let our lives on this 3d realm flow and work and be successful and be happy and be full of good things and how do we just totally trust that this whole thing is on automatic almost like it it works like life works it's it's malleable it's changing constantly so you're never locked into any any problem that you think you have you're not really locked into it it's just because you get pissy about it you get angry about it you get <laughs> sad about it you get frustrated about it because you want to be somewhere where you're not but if you make peace with where you are and you just relax, of course, will I spend the whole day on the couch then, or will I actually do anything? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so but, you know, if I, if, I, if I get an impulse, yes, I will do things. And, but disconcertingly, but, I think the answer to the question of, well, you know, how do you react to this? How do you, how do you deal with the fact that what you're supposed to do is just kind of let go? Disconcertingly, how do you do it? You do it by letting go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. the disconcerting part. Like, oh, well, you, know, you just let go by letting go. Yeah, yeah yeah how do you how do you be in the receptive mode how do you be in the allowing mode how do you how do you say well even though i have this deadline to get this thing done by this certain time i want to get it done in a fun way i want it to be inspiring and i want my end product to be really great um so how do i not just be the doer and who's feels pressured who's trying all the time to get the stuff done how do i be a person who lets inspiration come to me and and in a fun way you know right. so the inspiration is not only going to make your product better that you produce but it's literally going to make you have a great journey to get there um so it's it seems daunting sometimes i mean like really it's all that easy it's all that wonderful it's all that beautiful why did why doesn't it just flow then why don't i just see it that way and that takes us back to the question at the beginning of the podcast is you know where do we get this idea that things are so hard and well, why do we keep on going back to that? It's such a hard conditioning, I guess, that we got that taught us that it's all on our dander-covered shoulders. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the 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 um the when I first saw the topic, I saw the topic about two minutes before, um, three minutes before we we started doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. Before I even hooked in to do the podcast, I was doing some searching to find out about. Um, what I'll generically call virtual buddies or artificial apps that act like a, a conversational person, somebody who's having a mm. conversation with you. Because there mm. are, that's become kind of a thing. Um, oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. You can get, like, you can get a therapy app. You can, I can't remember what they're called. There's one called Wiza, I think, and another one called um, Replica or something like that. I, I, yeah. I don't remember them. But anyway, I, you, you plug this app into your phone, you know, you get it from the app store or from, uh, Google Play or whatever, and it basically leads you through a series of questions and answers. It asks you questions, and you answer it, and then as it, as you're giving it data, it learns more more about you and, and is able to zero in on stuff to help you, you know, get to the root of issues. And I thought, well, that, that's an interesting concept. I, I really don't want a therapy app. Wouldn't it be interesting though if I had an emotional set point app? In other mm -hmm. words, an app that acts like a, a human being having a conversation with you. And the purpose of the app is to help you feel better. Mm -hmm. Just help you get into that higher vibration place. You know, well, they have you, those, right? I, actually, I haven't found one yet. Oh, you haven't? I have not. No. 
I, I, I mean, I can't say I spent a lot of time looking. I think it was all 20 minutes. So we're not talking about an in-depth search yet. But <laughs> but I did do some, some poking around. No, I haven't found anything. I have found there are a few startups now that are offering these um, gift box things where a gift basket kind of thing. They'll send you, it, it's for sending to somebody who you know needs a little pick-me-up. And it, it'll have things like... Uh, Oh, you know, like a vibration raising food, like a chocolate or some sort of a oh, sweet I think or something like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, or, or, or it'll have a self-help book in it and it'll have, a, you know, a little tchotchke and, and a sign to put up on the wall and all these things to kind of give you all these positive reinforcement things. So yeah. you've got that. That stuff's out there. But so far, I haven't seen an app that will talk to you and say, so how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm not feeling so good. Well, let's see if we can do something about that. You know, here are some of the things that I've learned about you that you've done recently. You know, pointing, pointing out to you all <laughs> the different things that, that have been going on in your life that have been good. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, right, 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 you know? right. That, that would be a useful app. I could see that app. So, well, you know. yeah, there, I, I could too. I mean, you, it's funny because when I was doing some channeling, once I got into this place, you know, this was like five or six months ago, and I I actually felt like I was really tapping into some stuff that was kind of seeming like, where is this coming from? Um, you know, so a lot of the channeling I do, I feel like I kind of understand how I'm channeling that through my consciousness because it, I've sort of, you know, heard it before a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. it makes sense. Although the words are coming together in very inspiring ways, which mm-hmm. really is what I like. So that's a way of having an app that, that helps me. But yeah. this particular day, something came through and it said that, um, you know, that I'm going to be creating virtual reality, um, some form of virtual reality. I forget what they called it. But when I went and looked up the term, it wasn't virtual reality, but it was something in that field. It was literally there's a whole field of this thing that came to me in the channeling. And what it is, is to create is it's apps like that. It's mm-hmm. um, it's things that let you use a a computerized way of helping yourself Mm -hmm. um, in a, in, in such a powerful virtual way that you can't miss it. I mean, they, you can go online and there's, there's whole um, companies and websites that teach you that are virtual um, encouragement apps where you, you know, you create a whole virtual movie of you being successful and then you Mm. watch that movie whenever you want to. And Mm -hmm. um, you can change the images in it. You can change the dialogue in it. I mean, the, the things that you're saying to yourself, but it's more like, you know, a, um, having a slideshow of, of things that pick you up. Right. Right. With great sayings, you know, like Abraham's sayings and things. And as I think about it, there's also an app that I do know about called Happify, which is an app that provides a number of different activities for you to do to help pick yourself up. Um, Mm -hmm. they have like little, uh, video game thingies that you can play that, um, have a very light, happy theme to them, and and I mean, you're not killing off aliens or something like that. You're you're riding, you know, air hot air balloons or something like that. You know, so so very very light stuff like that. Um, they they have a, a little bit in the way of artificial intelligent type uh, conversation things going on. There are um, things about writing affirmations or even about journaling or you know, there's a variety of things that they built in like that. So. When I say that there was no app that does what I was talking about, I kind of overlooked that one. That one really does get somewhere. Well, and and what about all the things? There's there's probably thousands of things out there that people download that are like um, a meditation, a guided meditation, mm-hmm. a uh, sure. you know a visual a visual thing of watching this amazing uh, video of clouds and ocean waves and yep. you know birds flying and all this stuff that just makes you feel. Okay, I got up and at you know six a.m. I watched the video for fifteen minutes, and after I was done watching it, I just felt great. You yeah, know, oh, that yeah. kind of a thing, you know. Uh, You're right. And it had it had my personal affirmations in it, and it had yep. you know all that. Um, I think I was just looking for something that had the artificial intelligence part, the the expert learning part, where it learns yes. about you and then feeds back yeah. to you all the good stuff. That part I think is I, I haven't seen anywhere yet. Okay, well you need to create that. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, I, actually, I really don't want to write the software. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can hire somebody. You this is you've true. had great success hiring software writers, right? That's true. Actually, yeah, we um, for Louise's gardening business, we just finished writing a, a small app that our salespeople will use when they're out in the field talking to a new customer, doing a consultation to let them know, okay, well, the customer lets us know, here's what we want done. We want something done in this bed and that bed and that bed and that bed. And then the consultant 
plugs all the information into the the calculator, including estimates about you know how much time they think is going to be needed for weeding or for edging or you know cleanup or whatever else it might be. And then it gives you a total at the end of you know, how many hours there are, how much it's going to cost, how much the materials are going to cost, and it gives them a, a price range so they can say to the customer, well, it looks like your job's going to cost somewhere between you know $1,000 and $1,500 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a pretty cool thing. It also takes a lot to make that app work. And, and that's a fairly simple one compared to an artificial intelligence app. <laughs> mm-hmm. An artificial intelligence app, that there's a lot of programming that goes into that one. This one's very but simple. But you know, our brains are capable of being our, our artificial intelligence app. Well, I this mean, is true. That's a lot of reasons we do this podcast because we're we're spending an hour each time, you know, theoretically t- talking to people and talking amongst ourselves in order to influence others and ourselves into becoming better uh, deliberate creators in yep. a way, but we're also becoming better allowers of letting the universe do it for us, making peace with everything, you know, like, um, and, and that's kind of like the dialogue that I know that Abraham teaches that when you're in this place of struggle in this place of sorrow or feeling frustrated and feeling that you, don't know how to move forward in your life or how to get the things you want in your life that they say the reason you make peace first you know that they even they even really like like get really strong about it you know make peace make peace make peace make peace that's the first thing to always do because then you're likely to come up with with some impulse of a statement or statements that say things like you know well okay well i guess i'm you know i'm where i'm at and this is okay i'm I can go forward from here. I guess the next moment is a brand new moment. And, you know, I mean, life is actually always working out for me and that's the way it's actually designed. And I could just, I could just let go more and, and just know that things are going to be okay and know that that's just, that's just the way life's created. And I'm just frustrated because I'm just trying too hard. I take this too seriously. And I, I guess I could just lighten up, I guess, I guess things are going to could still come to me, even though it's been 10 years I've been trying to have this result happen. I, you know, it could, it could still begin today. Something good could happen. I guess I'm going to lighten up about it and, and just know that things are going to work out. I mean, how good can we get at that? You know, that's the question. And then how much do we default back to this belief that things are screwed up and they, you know, we're stuck, you know, that's the whole thing. You know, are we stuck ever? Well, um, I, I, in one sense, no, we're never stuck. On the other hand, I think where we do get stuck is just getting started. Because and, as you got yeah. as you got going there, you, I mean, it was pretty easy for you. Once you got the first few sentences out of the way, you know, the stuff started to flow. You didn't have to really work at it after a while. But the first few are the tough ones, just getting it started, like coming up with that first idea, that first thing to say. That's that mm-hmm. for me anyway. And I, I think it's probably true for other people. That's the harder part, trying to get it started. The harder part also for me is I agree getting it started is really can be daunting sometimes for me, but then also believing what the heck I'm saying. Yeah, you know, like there's that too. <laughs> if, if I've, if I've got this thing in my head that says, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck, you know, and, and it just sort of says, no, I'm stuck. I've been stuck here a long time. I remember once I had a client and I, this guy signed up for like four sessions and, Every session, he greeted me at the beginning of the session with, I'm still stuck in the exact same place. I'm mm. stuck. I'm stuck. And let me show you how stuck I am. And then, <laughs> you know, he would light a cigarette and, you know, we'd be on the video together and he would show me how stuck he was. And I'm thinking, wow. Um, you know, and I feel, I think I helped him turn the corner on it because he did, it seemed like he actually started to see things changing. But, then I never worked with him after that, but I have a feeling that, well, it's so personal, you know, each person decides if they're going to stay stuck. And that, that's a half of the work I feel like I do with clients is try to help them see you don't have to stay in that place where you think you're, you're ruled by this particular situation and this way of thinking, you know, you don't, you know, you've developed a really strong habit of believing in the way you think is, is it that's, it doesn't get, it's not necessarily going to ever get better because your your concept about your stuckness goes so deep. And of course it goes back to childhood fears, you know, um, I think it really does, you know, that that stuff got in there when we were very small and that's why it feels daunting to change it, you know, 
And of course, some would say we're bringing it from other lifetimes too, but that's, that just is overwhelming. I wonder though, how much of it, how much of the fact that we find it so challenging to change it is really that, and how much of it is simply that it's just habit. I mean, well, a habit yeah. is something that just, we just continue to do over and over again, partly because we believe it. Yeah, we've said yeah. it over and over again. We've experienced it over and over again. We've told ourselves about it over and over again. So we believe it thoroughly, deeply, and ingrained in our deepest part of our being. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. So yeah. the person who says, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, has been saying that for a long time. They believe it thoroughly, and nothing's going to shake them of it. And they're, they're basically challenging you to shake it. You're, you're there sitting there as the coach saying, okay, how am I going to get this person to shake the thing that he does not want to shake? This is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. But they do want to shake it, and that's why they look for a coaching. So, you know, I can always work with that part of it. You know, they, they, they are telling me what they would prefer. Well, sometimes they don't know what they would prefer. That's, that's tough, too, because then they've got to begin to tell a better-feeling story, you know, or, or they got to at least open up to the fact that they could get impulses for the life that they want. Mm -hmm. They could, you know, do they want to have fun? Do they want to be more playful about it? Do they want to be less intense and less serious? Do they want to be less sad and less disappointed? And then you can begin to move in the direction of, you know, what that would look like and how that might feel. And can they begin to cultivate those better feelings? I guess and, uh, it's part two of, of what your job is as a coach is, is kind of like what Joel talks about um, with some of the stories he tells where, a client will say something to the effect of, I'm stuck. I, I, I've been dealing with this thing for the longest time. It goes back to my childhood, yada, 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 all this stuff. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I've been working on this for so long. I've been, I've been striving to get through. I've been trying to break through, and I'm not breaking through, but I keep trying to break through even though I'm not breaking through. Mm -hmm. And Joel's response in some form comes down to this. Are you done yet? <laughs> right. And that's part yeah. of what a coach's job is, isn't it? Like saying, are you well, done yet? Exactly. The thing is that I see one of the biggest things that I do, do with people is help them see it's the very statement and the very internalized belief that you're stuck that's your biggest enemy here. It's yes. the biggest thing that's stopping you is that you keep telling this particular story and you keep saying it in such a way. Like <clears throat> I was reading this thing recently that said that our lives are made up of not so much these big things they're made up of the little things that we do all day long that then perpetuate our situation the way it is it's it's not it's not necessarily some really big heavy duty thing from childhood that's got to be gone in there and you know you drill into it and figure out what it is <clears throat> it's just all these little things we do all day long that if we just start to change those things little by little by little notice our language you know why why do we keep saying you know, the using the word horrible to describe things, you know, or <laughs> why do why do we keep using why do we keep saying, you know, this is so hard, you know, or this is um, I've got to figure this out. Um, I've got to, you know, this is I better get my act together. Um, all the different ways that we describe our situation, then just look at what we're saying. And that's what we're going to be getting back, because whatever we're saying to ourselves is describing our is what's happening in our lives. And so, yeah, developing the new habits of thinking about it in, in a new way that actually gets the result that we want. To what extent, do you, th to what do, you extent do you think it's about replacing an old habit and to what extent do you think it's modifying a habit? <clears throat> well, it's both. I mean, it's if you can use the energy of your old way to put that into a, a more helpful way for yourself you know and once you learn that you've been saying a certain thing to yourself for many years or for many months or many days you start realizing that i could just instead of saying that i could say this other thing um that's my life really started to change a lot when i was able to you know be walking into a room and listen to my thoughts saying you know the old saying that has kept me stuck or the it's describing the situation that I no longer want. And then me finally starting to recognize, well, wait a minute. If I'm talking about that, I'm perpetuating that situation. What is it I would rather have happening? And, you know, then I started to say, you know, do better segment intending. I'd start to say, well, actually, I want to feel resolution around this. I want to feel ease about this. I want to feel I'm open to receiving impulses from source on this. Um, and what kind of impulses do I want to see receive? Oh, well, the essence of it is I want to feel more fun. I want to feel more playful. I want to feel more ease. I want to feel more excitement. Um, 
And, and as I would start to fill my day with talking to myself in that way, I started to notice that all kinds of things in my life were clearing up. You know, it's like the sky clearing after a storm, you know, and, and the sun beginning to shine again because I'm no longer feeding myself all these statements about how things are not working. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when, when our dialogue with ourselves does change, the experience changes. And it's, it's amazing how fast it changes. I mean, the, the perception of how good or not good something feels changes pretty quickly when we change the way we talk about it. That, that, that's been my biggest surprise as I've learned how to kind of navigate this field. And the nice thing about this particular podcast that we're saying is that if you even just make peace with where you're at, um, you begin to go downstream with things, you know, mm. because you're no longer fighting against it. You're saying, you know, like if we, if you want to lose weight and you get up and it, you've been on your diet or you've been trying for three weeks to lose some weight and you, you're looking in the mirror uh, today and you're going, oh, my God, I look heavier than I did, mm -hmm. you know, like a week ago. I look worse to me than I did a week ago. You know, my fat's hanging over my belt even more than it was. Right. And, but, and then you go, but how do you make peace with that at that moment? And But if you can, at that moment, just say, well, this it, I'm right here right now. I can't go back. I can't I can't go forward. You know, I'm just right here. I'm going to just yeah, this is this is okay. This is this is what it looks like. This is what it is. I'm, you know, but it's hard. How do you not hate yourself, you know, at mm -hmm. that moment or be angry with yourself that you you know, still haven't figured it out. You you haven't done the right thing. You've been a bad person for eating that ice cream and that extra, you know, like carbohydrate you had that cookie or you know and you know the whole thing is make peace with it somehow and then you'll begin to get impulses for how to go in the direction you want to go had an interesting experience with perspective over the weekend kind of along this regard um my wife was watching a television program with uh, martha stewart doing some cooking with some special guest on her show and mm -hmm. She, my, my wife tends to look, uh, now we have, we do have an HD screen, but she tends to look at the channels that, that broadcast in standard resolution. So in other words, the, the more square shaped, uh, screen rather than the, the wider HD screen, but mm -hmm. our screen, like so many will take that image and stretch it out to fill the screen. Uh -huh. Well, the thing of course that happens when you do that is everybody gets a little bit fatter <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was commenting that well, Martha's not looking really good. She, she looks like she's put on a few pounds. I said, well, why don't you switch over to the HD version of the same channel? Because it was one of those things <laughs> where she was watching live and she switched it over and Martha gets a little bit thinner. And I said, see, she's not as fat as you thought you were. <laughs> and she went, no, perspective changes just by changing over to the HD channel, right? <laughs> wow. That's a good, a good law of attraction analogy there of changing your channel. Just change the channel, right? <laughs> It's yeah, the same yeah. show. It's just broadcast with, you know, a more accurate depiction of what the person looks like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, this thing of making peace with it is so important to me because that has saved my ass so many times when I'm, <laughs> excuse my language, it saved my butt so many times when I'm feeling hopeless. And, and then when I, but if I give it up, if I say, you know, I've got to give this up to my higher self, to my inner being, to God, to love, to the universe, to all my allies in the unseen realm. You know, you guys help me. You know, I, I just, I can't do this. I can't figure this one out. I can't make this work. You know, I'm, I'm in this place where I've tried, I've done everything and I possibly can. I mean, I'm sick of trying to make this change, this situation. You guys take care of it. And then I just go about my day, and every time it, if I think about it, I just oh, I'm not dealing with that anymore. Yeah, I made peace with that. I'm I'm not striving. I'm not trying. I'm not worried about it. I'm you know maybe in the back of my mind, I'm still really hopeful that something's going to change. But my by and large, I get freedom, great freedom from just forgetting about it and saying it's you. It's got to be taken care of by the universe. And uh, that to me is then when I really do open myself up to to allowing it in because I'm saying to the universe, you're the, you're actually the ones doing all this. So you take care of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that that's what the message I'm getting is that's actually how it actually works. It's just that we're so, we're so into striving and mm. being deliberate and being 
diligent. I remember when I heard this thing from Abraham like four years ago where they were going, less diligence and more relaxation. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a big word to challenge in my in my thinking because I've always honored and thought I was so good for being really diligent. You know, I try really hard. I really keep my shit together. I really figure stuff out. I really know how to be, you know, on top of stuff. And they're saying less diligence, you know, less. And there's, they even say less goal setting, less diligence, less, less trying to figure it out, less trying to do it right. And more allowing, more trusting, more letting the universe do it for you. Well, wow. that's why I raised the point earlier. I mean, early on in the podcast, I, I mentioned how it's interesting that we will strive, we'll just jump right in on a job. You know, a job needs to be done. Yeah, okay, I'm willing to do go do that job. But the moment it comes down to just getting into a better feeling place, I won't do the job. So, mm. I mean, another way to look at the same thing that Abraham is saying is instead of being diligent about going to do a job, just be diligent about getting into a good feeling place. Well, you know, use yeah. your diligence in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and yet, you know, I can't tell you how many clients I have to spend a lot of time with them because they're so hung up on trying all these different methods that's going to get them what they want, you know, and they, you know, well, I, I, oh yeah, I should try harder with my affirmations, you know, God, I've got to get back to my affirmations and really work on that. And, you know, I, I did the book of appreciation on Monday and then I forgot it on Tuesday, but, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, it's like what I hear in you is you're trying really hard in so many areas of your life. What if you tried, you know, just letting go? I mean, just don't even try, just let go and see what happens when you no longer strive so hard. And that's hard for a lot of people to hear. They they want a coach to tell them all these things they should be trying, you know, mm -hmm. give me some more methods, give me some more processes to do because I want to make this happen. You know, I'm, I'm impatient. I want to get to my result. And I say, yeah, but, you know, if you're not enjoying the journey, you're not going to enjoy the result either. You won't even get to the result if you don't know how to get off this treadmill you're on. And, you know, you're you're like a rat in a cage. I don't say that, of course, but, you but know. In people, essence, they are, though. I mean, you try right. really hard. Yeah. yeah. That, but the thing is that what they're trying is the activities, whereas what I'm suggesting that they try is not so easy. It's not something you just turn into activity. I mean, we have activities that we do in order to get happier. But the point is, the goal is not to do the activity. The goal is to feel happier. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really the test. So as you're diligently doing something, you have to ask yourself, is this making me happier? If it's not, then you got to change it up. <laughs> it's just not, not going in the right direction. You got to actually make yourself happier. You got to get to that happier feeling place. Now, if, it, if diligence is getting in the way of that, then absolutely. That's where I think you, you definitely have to back off and say, I'm just going to allow myself to feel happy. But on the yeah. other hand, I, I also know the other side of it. I, I think it depends on who you are. I think it depends on what, you know what's working for you and what's not working for you. And if, if you're a, a kind of person whose diligence is leading you to not feeling happy, even when you're trying to make yourself happy, then the diligence is in the way. Mm -hmm. That's really what it comes down to, I think. That's my opinion mm -hmm. anyway. That's no, good. By the way, we've got about two minutes left. I want to make sure that I mention, uh, for those of you who may be listening for the first time to the podcast, or maybe this is your second one, and you have not yet become a subscriber, please take a moment and become a subscriber. Most of our listeners are subscribers, and they love it. We, we know they love it because of how many uh, episodes they download every month. We see the stats of how many they're downloading and how many of them there are and so forth. And they're, they're listening to almost everything we put out, which is great, especially considering we're putting out, Tom, we put out 45 episodes a month. I mean, we are really prolific here. But, yeah, you, know, you it, are. <laughs> I mean, well, all of us, because we're all yeah, involved all in us. it. Yes, that's right. But uh, if you have not yet become a subscriber, please go to the homepage of our website at loatoday.net. All the instructions about how to subscribe are right there. It takes about a minute. And when you're done, you'll get a stream of all the stuff that we've been doing, plus all the new stuff as it comes out, coming right to your smartphone or your tablet. So please take a moment to subscribe. And Tom, for somebody who wants a little more personal coaching, because sometimes you need to have that coach, how do they reach out to you? Uh, I give a free one-half-hour coaching session that helps people determine whether they want to proceed with more coaching with me or not. And they can go to my website, which is youarejoy, the three words, youarejoy.com. And there'll be a little, you can look it up in the menu there to sign up for a free one half hour coaching session. All right, great. Tom, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you on Friday. All right. Well, it was a great show. Thank you. Yeah, it was. And we hope that you'll join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.